So the praise and worship team is going to come back and do a second set after the message in just a few minutes. So I'm just going to jump right into the Word this morning. And I believe I've got something for you that you'll be blessed by. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And this is what Isaiah wrote. For to us a child is born. Now I'm reading from the Amplified Version. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called, <clears throat> shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, the Prince of Peace. I want you to notice that the scriptures say that this child was born to us. To us. That this child, this son is given to us. Amen. You need to understand that, that it's just not just a story. It's not just Christmas. It's not just a baby in a manger. This gift, this child was given to you personally. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7 through 14, I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Notice the reason that, that they were in the, uh, the barn and he was in the manger was why? No room. It wasn't because they couldn't afford a room. See, people like to paint that story that they were so impoverished that they, they had to stay in a stable. That's not what happened. It was that everybody else was there and they got there late and they didn't have a place to stay. So I just want to make that uh, clarification. There was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. King James Version. That means they were really afraid. Um, so anyway, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to how many? All people, not just some people, not just the Jews, not just the people that were there, you know, in Bethlehem that day, not just to Mary and Joseph, but he's, this angel is saying, I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Amen. That's awesome. For unto you, once again, the scripture is saying this child is being born unto you. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, the word Savior is a derivative of the word sozo. It's soter. And it means a deliverer, uh, to be made safe, to be made uh, to, to uh, protect, to heal, to preserve, to do well to be made whole. So I want you to understand that you, uh, that Jesus, his being your savior is not just so that you can go to heaven when you die. I mean, that's part of it, you know, but you don't need safety in heaven. You don't need to be delivered in heaven. Amen. His, his, uh, role, his ministry of being your savior is just as much for earth as it is for heaven. The things that he came to do for you 
was to save you, to deliver you, to protect you. You don't need protection in heaven. You don't need healing in heaven. You get a new body, a glorified body. You don't need healing. Here's where you need healing. Here's where you need preserved. Amen. So he is your savior and he's for today. He's for right now. He's not for the future. Amen. He's for now. I want you to notice the announcement the angel made to the shepherd. He, it was good news, tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Every single last one of us, this announcement was made to. Great news. Um, no one, no one is left out. It's to everybody. The uh, Passion Translation says the most joyous news the world has ever heard. Why? Why? Because God sent his only son to save us. See, God wanted us to be with him. He didn't like the fact that we were separated from him by sin. And so the only one who could take care of the sin issue once and for all would be the sinless, spotless son of God. And so they dev devised a plan together, God and Jesus, and Jesus agreed to come down here and be the sin bearer. And take, every, and take away all of our sin. Remember when John looked at Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You know, in some preachers, all they preach is sin. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that you've been delivered from sin. Amen? That's, that's what a Savior does. That's what Jesus came to do. So he was born unto you. He was given unto you. You could call him the people's baby. The people's baby. I'm convinced that the reason that he appeared, or the, the angels appeared to the shepherds in the field, not to Herod in the palace, not to the Jewish religious leaders in the synagogue, you know, but to the shepherds in the field is to, is to illustrate the fact that he was for just ordinary people. You didn't have to be anybody special, you know. To, to receive Jesus or to have the benefit that Jesus was bringing. Amen. He is heaven's, heaven's gift to all of mankind. Heaven's gift. You need to receive that gift. Amen. John 3.16 says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world, not the globe, not the planet, but the people, the people in the world, that he even gave up his only begotten, unique son, so that whoever believes, see, this is opened up to anybody, whoever believes in, um, trusts in, the, the Amplified Version reads like this, and relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Y'all missed a good chance to shout right there. Don't get so familiar with the scripture that doesn't do anything for you. You know, man, that's a powerful. He so loved the world that he sent his son to die so you wouldn't have to. He sent his son to die so you could live. I want to read um, the next verse. I didn't have my notes. I'm just going to read it here from the scripture. Verse John three seventeen. It says right after John three sixteen, it says, "For God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge, to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world. Listen, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through 
him. Man, a good, a good place to shout. That's awesome. This son was given to you and given to me. This child was born. You know, he didn't stay a baby long. He grew up, became a man, became a healer, became a minister, became a preacher. He went around healing people. Did you know that there's not a single instance in the entire Bible where anybody came to Jesus sick and he turned them away? Not one single time. In fact, there's not one single time that anybody came to him for anything that he turned them away. If it was a leper, you know, it was, it was against the law, the Jewish law, to touch a leper because it was contagious. He just reached out and touched them. So he'd be healed. He didn't care. Oh, I, I, I'm going to get off the subject and I won't, I won't be able, I won't be able to, to uh, finish my message if I start talking about the ministry of Jesus. Honestly, though, he came to reveal the heart of God. The Bible says that no man had ever seen God at any time. And Jesus has re- came out. It's like you pull back a curtain and all of a sudden you, you want to know what God's like? You want to know what the, what the God of the universe, the creator of all things, you want to know what he's actually like? Look at Jesus. Jesus is the exact representation of the unseen God. So he came to reveal the heart of God. He didn't come to tell you how bad you are. He came to tell you how good God is. Amen. Hallelujah. John chapter one, verse 16, it says, for out of his fullness, um, his abundance, we have all received, all had a share and we were supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. I mean, that's awesome. Did you know that when you receive Jesus, you have received God's favor? He is God's favor. That's called grace. Amen. And when you receive Jesus, you receive God's favor. You, are, you have the favor of God. Not because you do everything right. Not because you, you know, could possibly do everything right. It's not possible. But because you've received Jesus, he brings with him the favor of God. So you're walking in the favor of God today if you have received Jesus. You have God's favor. God is looking at you favorably because of Jesus. Amen? You know, um, many decades ago, they started this thing where you couldn't say Merry Christmas, and it was all a big, I don't remember whose administration it was under. I'm not going to go there, but anyway, um, it was sometime a few years back. You remember they started saying, oh, no manger scenes, no nativity scenes, and they were tearing them all down, and, and you couldn't say Merry Christmas. And all. So, so Christians came up with a slogan to kind of rebut that idea. And this was it. You saw it all over the you know, bumper stickers and yard signs and everything that says, Jesus is the reason for the season. And as we wouldn't be having this season if it weren't for Jesus. We can't take Jesus out of the season. But I've got one I like better that I heard a few years later. It's this one. Um, Jesus is the gift. You are the reason. You are the reason. The world needs to know that. They need to know that they've not been given a judge, somebody with a ball bat waiting to hit them over the head and make their lives miserable. They've been given a gift from God. 
that is the most amazing gift you could ever receive because it's eternal life. It's life and life more abundant. Abundant life here and eternal life in heaven. And there's so much more, of course, you know. So anyway, um, I like that saying. Listen, the definition of the word gift is something that is voluntarily transferred from one individual to another without the expectation of compensation. That's what a gift is. Somebody gives you a gift, okay? Compensation means to pay for or to supply an equivalent or to neutralize the effects. If somebody gives you a gift and you give them a gift back, then it's neutralized. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't know them anything else. You've given them the gift. It's been neutralized. And, you know, we, we give gifts at Christmas, don't we? We give gifts. No. We exchange gifts. Yeah, we exchange gifts. In other words, when we give a gift, they give a gift, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, <laughs> you know, to get my gift back. Because everybody knows when you give a gift, you've got to give one in exchange. What's really a bummer is when you find out somebody's getting, gotten you a gift and you didn't get them anything. How embarrassing, you know? <laughs> well, that's just how we are as humans. But I want you to know that we judge God by our human standard. And he's not a human. He's God. Amen? He, because, listen, because of faulty religious teaching... And because of our tradition of gift giving, we find it really difficult to believe that God has given the most, uh, given a gift of such extreme value that requires nothing in exchange. Just hand it to you, just like if I hand you this Bible and you take it. It's a gift. He requires nothing in exchange. It's really difficult to accept a gift from someone when you don't have something to give them in return. You know what, well, you know what it takes to receive a gift when you don't have one to give back? Humility. You just have to have humility. You just have to, you know, well, I didn't get you one, you know, I'll, I'll receive it. But it takes humility to do that. It takes humility to receive a gift when someone gives it to you with no strings attached. If there's strings attached, you just do all the, do what the strings say, and then you're even. You know what I'm saying? But it's really difficult to receive a gift when there are no strings attached. There is no fine print with this gift that God has given to you. No fine print. I hate it when you go to the, to the mall or somewhere and you've got a 25% off you know, discount thing, and so you go and buy twice as much as you would have bought. You take it up to the register, and they, and they start ringing up, and they say, oh, I see, well, I thought it was 25% off. Oh, I'm, did, you not, did you not read the fine print? I mean, it doesn't apply to what you got. What you picked out is excluded from the 25% off, so you have to pay. <laughs> you have to pay extra today. <laughs> it happens to me a whole lot. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that, you're not going to find that with God's offers. There is no fine print. It is given 100% by his grace. His grace is his favor, unmerited, unearned, and undeserved. There's not a single one of us that earned it, not a single one of us that merited it, not a single one of us that deserved it. 
That's what grace is. This gift of the, of the Christ child, this savior sent to the world, soon to be our redeemer, going to the cross to be our redeemer, he was given 100% by grace. It's not because of anything you've done or anything you could possibly do. It is simply because God wanted you to be in closer proximity to him. He did not want you separated by sin. He did not want you under the guilt and condemnation that sin brings. There's so much I could say, but I can't today. Anyway, he wanted you to to be delivered from sin and from the guilt of sin. The reason, according to Ephesians Chapter 2, verse 4, it says, But God, so rich is he in his mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. That's, that's, that he was compelled. He was compelled to act because of his love for you. And I want you to understand um, that when the Bible says that for God so loved the world, some people think that that's past tense. Well, it is written in past tense. He so loved the world. But I want you to understand today that he's never changed. Some people think, well, he did love the world, but now he's put out with the world and he can't wait to, you know, just burn it up or something, you know. <laughs> no, he still feels the same way about people as he always did because the Bible says he never changes. So his love for you, what motivated him to send his son is just as strong toward you today as it was when he sent his son. You need to know that. You need to understand that. It compelled him to act. It cannot be worked for. It cannot be earned. It cannot, and it cannot be forfeited by doing the wrong thing. That's a stunner for most Christians. They think if they get out of line, we need a little bit, you know, they're, it's over. But you know what? The fact that we sometimes do the wrong thing. How many, anybody here ever done the wrong thing? Anybody? Okay. The fact that we sometimes do the wrong thing is one of the reasons he gave us this gift. He knew that we weren't perfect. So he sent a perfect savior. A perfect savior. Amen. There's nothing you can do to add to this gift. There's nothing you can do to aid this gift or to qualify for it because the very essence of it, of its definition of a gift is that it's given without qualifications. Now, there are two things you need to do. You need believe it and receive it. Believe it and receive it. There's nothing, and there's no, there's no fine print, um, on that either it's not believe receive and then do this and that and this and that and this and that no you believe you hear the gospel you believe it and you receive it in fact I was only eight years old a child it's simple it's simple enough for a child because it's not discerned with your brain it's discerned with your heart you comprehend it with your heart I was eight years old I heard the gospel message I really didn't know exactly what I I just knew I was receiving Jesus walked down the aisle Received, believed it, received it, and I became a Christian. I was eight years old. That was at least, I don't know, 30 years ago or so, 20. (laughs) And it's still working. Amen? Listen to this scripture in Romans chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. This is from the message. It says, if you're a hard worker and do a good job, 
you deserve your pay. We, you, we don't call your weight your um, you don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that it's something only God can do, and you trust Him to do it, you can never do it for yourself, no matter how hard and how long you worked. Well, that trusting Him to do it is what gets you set right with Him by God, with God by God. You get set right with God by God. I've heard some people say, are you right with God? Well, he's right with you. He's right with you. You just need to accept that and receive that. And then I'm, I'm going to close with this scripture this morning. Isn't this good news? Isn't this good news for Christmas? All year round. All year round. Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, for it is by free grace. Well, there's no other kind of grace. But free grace, God's unmerited favor that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith, your believing. And this salvation is not of yourselves or of your own doing. It did not come through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. So he as is... Um, so actually, actually, there's three things that you can do. <laughs> Believe receive and say thank you.